Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you are new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, and our podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. It's time to pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Today's podcast is the second half of a recording of a live seminar we did just last week about how to finish the school year strong. In today's segment, we discuss the last two questions you should answer when trying to end your year strong. One, what can we take a break from and just start back up again next year? And what doesn't really need to be finished at all? So let's pick up where we left off in our little informal discussion about how to end the year strong. So if there are a couple of things that you wrote down that you thought on the second question, what can I take a break from, but then pick up next year, okay? So you don't have to master everything in one year. And so are there a couple of subjects or topics or classes that you really don't need to finish and master this year? You can actually just take a nice little break and start it up again next year, okay? So a couple of things that come to mind for me would be history. Some of you, you may have had a goal for your history this year and where you wanted to be by the end of the year and you were nowhere near that goal. So if you wanted to um, maybe do ancient history and your goal was to get all the way until the fall, fall of the Roman Empire and you're still stuck in Egypt, um, obviously you didn't make your goal. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Because um, especially if you file your own R4 and you don't have um, a charter school, you can stop whenever in any part of history and just pick up where you left off when you start school the next year, okay? If you are with a charter school or a public school or a private school and they're giving you work to do, um, I want you to not feel guilty if you don't actually finish um, those books either, okay? Uh, for the main reason we talked about with math, public schools never finish their textbooks. So don't beat yourself up over not finishing something that the public schools don't even finish either, okay? Uh, but I also want you to keep in mind that history, social studies, it also repeats itself. So um, in second grade, they learn about important people, patriotic people. And then in fifth grade, they learn about American history which is where a lot of those important people were. And then in eighth grade, they learn about American history again, okay? So history is the same thing like with math. It repeats itself eventually. So if they didn't get to um, Lewis and Clark this year, don't worry, they're gonna get to Lewis and Clark again in another year. It might be in um, seventh grade or it'll definitely be in eighth grade. And then they're gonna get it again in high school. Okay, so don't feel like um, they're missing out on something extremely important. Also keep in mind that the state standards are very arbitrary. Okay, so you have these standards that you have to meet according to your charter school or according to the homeschool group that you're with. 
but those standards were made up and compiled by the state of California. So if I were to move after this school year to Louisiana, um, we don't study California history ever. Um, in Louisiana, you study Louisiana history in eighth grade. And you don't study American history in eighth grade in Louisiana, you study it in sixth and seventh grade. So if you put yourself in the mindset of, okay, even if I move to another state, it may seem like my kids are behind, but they're really not because different states are learning different things because they have different state standards. Okay. One thing that you can do at the end of the, in the month of May, if you decide that history is one of those things that um, you wanna finish by the end of this year, um, then what you can do is put aside your textbooks for the rest of the year because um, I don't know about you, but my eyes are crossing because of all of the computer screen time that sitting there and reading uh, boring chapters and then answering answers uh, questions at the end of every chapter, um, it's just mind numbing. So what we used to do at the end of every year, and it was actually my way to kind of self-assess how we did that year, is we put together a timeline. And so it's really fun if you go and you get, you know, the... Um, cash register rolls of paper. You go and get one of those, wrap it around uh, the wall, and you put little uh, dates on it. So let's say you were learning about ancient history this year. You would start with, you know, zero in the beginning, Genesis 101, um, and it would wrap around your, your room until you got to wherever you got to. So let's just say you got to um, the Greeks. And then you put little timeline markers in it and then you have the kids actually write on index cards um, either the name of an event that they remember learning about or drawing a picture of something that they remember learning about um, and then you put it up on your timeline and you spend the the month of may reviewing the things that they did learn this year so instead of trying to cram things they didn't get to spend the time reviewing what they did learn have them draw or write and put it up on a timeline. And then when you're all done and you stand back and look at it, you actually feel really good about yourself. <laughs> and you really feel like, hey, we actually did get some schoolwork done this year. Look at all of those things that we actually learned. Personally, I think history is one of those things that you can just stop wherever you are now. Just stop and take it over next year. Um, but if you really want to finish up um, history before the end of May, try doing something like that. I usually tell people to go on lots of field trips, but we can't. So the timeline activity um, is usually a really good one, okay? Um, another one that you might consider stopping, taking a break from and waiting till next year would be science. Um, and science is exactly the same thing as history or social studies when it comes to the standards. It's all arbitrary. So um, there is no rhyme or reason to why fifth graders learn about electricity and magnets in fifth grade, because in other states, they may not learn it in fifth grade, okay? So um, in science, my advice is always, wherever you are, just stop. <laughs> just stop, call it a day, and pick it up next year. But also keep in mind, when you're planning for next year, if you don't already do history together and science together as a family, think about planning to do that next year. Because otherwise you're gonna go crazy and get premature gray. If you have three kids 
And one's in second grade social studies, one's in fifth grade social studies, and one's in seventh grade social studies. And they have three separate books, three separate standards. You're going to drive yourself nuts. And then if you do the same thing for science, they're learning three different topics in science as well. So my suggestion is that when you start to plan next year, when you start planning next year, pick a history time period you want to learn as a family and learn it as a family. When you have a high schooler, I usually go with the high schooler. So if the high schooler has to learn world history next year, then that's what we learn as a family. I just kind of bring it down a notch for the younger kid. Okay. And do the same thing for science. So if you have a high schooler and your high schooler has to do biology uh, his freshman year, then the rest of the family is doing life science and botany and all those things that the high schooler is going to do anyway in biology. So you might as well be learning the same things together. It's less work for you and it's actually more fun. Okay. So it might be a little late to do that right now, but something to keep in mind for when you're planning for next year. Okay. And then the other thing, maybe your kids take art classes, maybe they take music classes, maybe they take, um, I don't know, some of those other stuff, that those particular classes, unless it's super important to you, or your kid absolutely loves it, or they're really good at it, then just stop, take a break, pick it up next year. There's no reason to keep those kinds of classes going, okay? Especially if they're being Zoomed. So if they're all online anyway, you might as well just stop. It's May 1st and be like, you know what, we're done. And we'll pick up in um, September with those classes. Um, and that goes for any science classes you might be in, any history classes, writing classes that you might be in, that if, um, if they're all Zoom and they're gonna stay that way and your kid's really not getting much out of it right now, um, save yourself some money and maybe drop the class for the month of May. If you're not quite sure what you feel needs to be completed before the end of the year and what you can take a break from and save, um, what I always do in May is I take all of our books. I take all of our curriculum. I take all of um, the literature books that I wanted to read as a family and we never got to yet. I literally take everything and I spread it out on the floor and I fall flat on my face and on my knees and I pray over the books, I pray over the kids, I pray over the rest of the year and I just plead and beg God to give me some revelation as to what is the most important thing to do. And he usually, not usually, he always comes through. I usually get some sort of confirmation, either through something like this or through something I read in God's word or something I hear or another friend says, you know what, we're dropping that class and you go, Yep, me too. Okay, so um, consider doing that if you're not quite sure what to do. Just put it all out there and just pray over it and see where God leads, okay? And then the last question is my favorite. What doesn't need to be finished at all? What can you go kaputi on? Like not even save till next year, but just stop, okay? So maybe it's something that you've just done enough of. It's violin and they've been trying for years and it's obvious to you and your kid and to all the grandparents um, it's it's not their gifting that this is probably not something they're going to make a living out of um, let's just call it a day okay um, or maybe it's something that's just not necessary it's just not necessary but you feel obligated that they have to be in this class or something that's not working 
are you using a curriculum or are you using a class or a teacher or um, the computer maybe and it's just not working and you are banging your head against a wall and it's constant fighting between you and your kids, um, then just stop. It's, it's, it's really okay. It's really okay to put those kinds of things away and put them away for good. Keep in mind though, kids when it comes to school have the same survival instincts um, when it's life or death. They have the same responses in school. So when they come to something that is too hard for them or um, something that causes anxiety, they're gonna have three responses. They're gonna fight, they're gonna flight, or they're gonna freeze, okay? So if something that you're having your kid do that they're just not ready for, they're too young, or maybe they're a late bloomer, or maybe reading's just not quite there yet, um, or it's too easy for them and you keep making them do it, um, they might have a fight reflex. And that's where the fighting begins. That's where the yelling starts. That's where the rolling on the floor starts when you bring up the word math. Um, that's where the constant arguing comes in. That would be the kid who has a fight reflex, okay? Or they might have a flight reflex. So if you're giving them something that really is too hard for them right now, or it's something you could put away for now for several years and you could pick it up um, a couple of years from now, if they have a flight reaction, um, that's when you start hearing in the middle of your schoolwork, I I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'm gonna go get some water. I'm gonna go get a snack. I'm gonna go outside for a minute. I gotta go to the bathroom. It's this constant, they're leaving. Um, they're trying to come up with any way, any excuse to get out of doing their schoolwork. And it may not be because it's a character issue. It might be because they're feeling dumb, because they're doing something they just don't get. And so that's just their natural reaction, okay? And then the other one is they freeze. Um, a lot of kids have the freeze reaction, which is typically mine, where you know how when you're on your computer and it, it has really, it's on overload because you're putting in so much and you have so many tabs open and so many apps going. And then all of a sudden that little annoying circle just starts going round and round and round and round. That's the freeze reaction, okay? So your kids get to the point where you're just overloading so much in them that they can't think anymore. And their brain is literally in that round and round. <laughs> it's just frozen. And there's nothing you can do to get them out. I don't know about you, but I beat on my computer. I try to turn it off. I hit escape. I open and close, opening, nothing works. When I open it back up, it's still <laughs> thinking round and round. And that's exactly what this particular reaction is like. So if you have a kid who's constantly procrastinating when you give him math to do or spelling or reading or something like that, it might be a character issue, but it might be his freeze reaction. He's just on overload. He can't take one more thing. And so he just wants to go play some video games to just kind of clear his mind, or he just wants to veg, or he just wants to go take a nap. <laughs> They'll do anything. They'll procrastinate because their brain is just on overload. So keep that in mind when you're trying to figure out what can we just stop? because maybe they're not ready for it, or it's not their gifting, or it's not their, um, their passion, okay? So for instance, um, you might think I'm a little nuts, but 
do you really have to do spelling program? So if you think about it, um, a lot of moms will have a reading program, a writing program, a spelling program, vocabulary workbooks, and they have all of these different programs for the language arts. But it's, it's really not necessary because language arts is learning to communicate. You really don't have to have four and five different curriculums going on, especially if they're K1, 2, 3, 4, and even five, okay? So um, if it's May and you absolutely feel like they need to finish either their writing or their spelling, then go for it. But they don't have to do it all. They don't have to finish their reading workbook. They don't have to finish their writing workbook. They don't have to finish their spelling. They don't have to finish it all. Just pick one. So if they're awful spellers, finish the spelling and call it a day. Um, we talked about writing. If writing is something that's very important to you, then have them do some writing and call it a day. So the language arts are connected. So you don't have to have four different kinds of curriculums and workbooks for everything. Just, the, just pick one that they absolutely need um, the extra help or the, the extra work in, okay? If it's something that you don't need to do right now or ever, <laughs> just drop it. If it is something that you wanna do, see if you can streamline it like spelling. You don't really need to do spelling and writing and reading, okay? Just pick one. Um, some other things to think about is, um, are your kids in classes or learning things because you want them to? For instance, piano. Piano might be extremely important to your family. My husband said the kids had to learn how to play piano before they did anything else. Um, so they did. But it became painf painfully obvious that piano was not in the cards for either one of the kids. Um, and so after their one year of piano, um, my daughter switched over to violin. We tried Joe a couple of more years and it was, whoa, people, no. So we just went ahead and dropped the piano. But I felt like we originally started do, I felt like we had to stay with it because all of his friends were taking piano. They were all learning an instrument. He was the only one that wasn't learning an instrument. Um, or maybe robotics. Are you putting your kids in robotics not because they want to learn robotics, but because that's the thing now? Everybody's taking robotics and coding and STEM classes. Um, or maybe, uh, maybe you're trying to do something with them because it's all the rage now. So maybe you're trying to do map work with them or nature studies with them or um, memorize poetry or composer studies, but you could really care less about those things. It's not your passion. You don't love it. So if you don't love it and you don't find it interesting, they're not going to. Um, so don't feel like you have to put them in a class or make them continue in some program or some curriculum because you feel like you have to because everybody else in the homeschooling community is doing it, and so therefore it must be important. Um, so unless your kid's really good at it, or you're very passionate about it, then think about just dropping it, okay? And I'm not saying drop spelling forever, or drop reading forever, but if your child is in kindergarten, first, second, third, maybe even fourth, and reading's not clicking, um, there's a good chance he's just not ready for it yet. He's a late bloomer, okay? Um, it might be because there's other issues, but you don't have to push it. Um, you can actually put those kinds of things aside for six months, 
for a year or two and come back to it. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining us for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast or our Instagram and website with a friend who might need a little encouragement, or share it with a friend who might be thinking about homeschooling. We pray that this podcast ease some of your fears, relieve some of that end-of-the-year guilt, and eliminated the stress that usually comes this time of the year. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless, and see you next time.